Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. What's up, City Life? We're continuing our free series today. I'm excited that you came on a Sunday and we get to connect together. Um, We're going to get deep today, and it's going to get deep fairly quick in just a moment here, but I want to get an on-ramp as we start this to say, if it's your first time here, well, uh, no sense of jumping in the kiddie pool. Today will be the deep end. And if you've been in a church a long time, I don't want to assume that you're in the deep end. You might be in the kiddie pool. Because sometimes this happens to us. We think we're deep, but we might not be really open with God and open with each other. And we're going to talk about the power of confession. The power of confession. When you think confession, you might think someone who has getting, uh, getting interrogated for a crime. Or you might think of a Catholic priest and sitting behind a confessional. But today I want you to, us to, think of freedom. There's power in confession. We're going to go to Romans 6. And when I say Romans 6, what that means is it's an address of where the scripture is located. Paul's writing to a church in Rome. And Paul is writing this letter. It's very rich in the gospel. It repeats the same thing. It feels a lot. But that's how much we have to be reminded. We are sheep prone to wander. We get off track really quick we got to be reminded often, often. That's why Jesus said to receive the kingdom of heaven is to receive it like a child. Because when we come and receive it like a child, we then have the right mindset and the right posture. So may all of us kind of humble ourselves before the Lord. And we're going to have an organization called Streetlights. They're going to, they created this audio Bible. They read the Bible over music. And they've now completed the whole New Testament They read the New Living Translation, so you'll see that's going to be on the screen. So we'll have the audio that they read, and then you'll also be able to read along. We're going to, together, be able to watch this visual and read Romans 6 together. And if you like Streetlights material, it's all free. You could Google Streetlights Bible, and it's also in iTunes. And yeah, that's my plug. I'm not sponsored by them. Uh, I met them once. In fact, uh, Sounds Good gives them monthly support, so there's no monetarily coming our way. That's how much we believe in what they're doing, because what they found in some cities, that the uh, literacy rate is so low that the audio Bible has been so key. So let's check this video out. Romans chapter 6, sin's power is broken. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, 
how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. There's this book called Scary Close. The author is Donald Miller. And the concept is that most of his life, he had talked about he was able to live a surface level life where he could cope with whatever pain he dealt with or insecurities or family issues, you name the trauma that happened in his upbringing where he never had to be fully known because he had money or people look at him as a title or you kind of have friends where you don't ever have to dig past the surface. And he took a retreat where was at a vulnerable stage in his life where the retreat, the concept was no one could share their title, their profession, 
and simply was known by their first name and then their upbringing and their story you talk about. And what he found is through the weekend that it didn't matter his title anymore. He couldn't hide behind it. He was face-to-face with himself and face-to-face with each other. That can be scary, hence the title of the book, Scary Close. To get scary close today, what would that feel like? What would that, what would that mean? And it may be challenging to even think you'd want to get close to people because you've been hurt by people so much, or to be close to God because we might wonder, where, where was God in this particular situation? And today, I hope we know that God is big enough to handle any of our complaints, any of our questions, but he's good enough to demand all of our attention and our devotion. He's worth our life. And hopefully we'll be compelled as we consider Jesus today, as we remember Jesus today, as we celebrate Jesus today, because Jesus, he didn't have to give up the comforts of everything to step in the gap for me and you. Now, Jesus has this thing where he equals the playing field, where he comes and he shows up on the scene in a way that everyone is left guilty. Example, you go in the Old Testament, you have the 10 major commandments, the 10 commandments, and some of us, we might pass some of them. We think, well, I haven't killed anybody, or I haven't handled this, and well, I did lie, and, and we might maybe 50%, but then Jesus shows us that we're actually 10 out of 10, we fail. He says, if you've lusted in your mind and your heart, you've committed adultery. If you've hated in your heart, it's like killing your brother. It's like, ah, okay. So what do we do with this then? What kind of God is this that would expose us? Well, Jesus is so amazing when he shows up on the scene that he has a way of covering our guilt. And he says, true, look, our righteousness is filthy rags compared to the Lord. But yet he gives us new life and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So we get to walk free because of Jesus, because he said so. So we're forgiven instantly when we say, God, take my sinful life, make me brand new. Like I put my trust in you, I'm repenting. And mean it, mean it. Not this, well, I just want to get into heaven and we're running away from hell stuff. We want Jesus. And the byproduct of that just happens to be that we get to spend eternal life with him. He is worthy. He's so good. He's so amazing. Who would take a misfit and an idiot like my, my life before I met him? Who would find me and recruit me but Jesus? Who would find you and recruit you in your darkest days but Jesus? Now James 5 shows us what this process looks like. James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. So we're forgiven instantly with Christ, but now... Why would he say to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed? The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now, confession is challenging. We want to get it quick. We want to take off the Band-Aid really quick. I remember early on in our marriage, Crystal was gone for a week. And I hadn't dealt with this in our marriage up till this point But when I'm home alone and I started clicking, next thing you know, I'm looking at pornography that night. And then I'm thinking, "Up, what am I going to do and tell Crystal when she gets back? Am I not going to tell her? Because that's like most of our lives. Do I tell her? Well, that's the kind of marriage I want. 
oh, okay, let's do this. So you try to think of, try to tell her, but look, I already asked God for forgiveness, you know, and you, you try to get, get, it, get the scene set all great. But what that did is it sparked years of conversations where I had to then process how she responded. I never thought I would be married to somebody who dealt with that. I said, well, I haven't dealt with that. That was a moment. She's like, but I never thought. And I'm like, you're right. And, Am I not enough? You, no, you are. You know, and, it, and I try to explain the analogy. It's, it's like, just because I, I ate a cookie doesn't mean I want that to eat a cookie all the time. And it's like, she's like, wait, that doesn't work. You know, and you're trying to process this. And it's different stuff. There's a difference between guys and girls. Well, I don't get it. You know, I don't struggle with that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I hope you don't. And, uh, and then, um, but the truth is, a lot of guys and a lot of girls struggle with all kinds of things. And we have to then say, are we willing to trust somebody and be vulnerable to expose ourselves because as God puts it, they have, the power, they have the power to heal us. But the truth is, we felt many times the power people have had to hurt us, right? Well, God's a good God. He says in Psalm 118, out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. He sets us free. Jordan Baller writes in a worthy definition of freedom. What is it meant by Christian freedom? What is freedom in general? We answer, it is not the right and the ability to do as one pleases. Like, I'll do whatever I feel. I'll do whatever I want. I don't know about you, but my feelings and my wants have got me in a lot of trouble. And sin is an awful master. The appetite goes on and on and on, and the fruit is awful. It's torturous. It changes us, our makeup, and the shame and the guilt we feel. So it's not the ability to do as one pleases, but it's the ability to move without constraint in a sphere of what God has made for us. Freedom, therefore, is not inconsistent with limitation and law. And the analogy he gives is a locomotive is not free unless its motion is confined to two rails on which it was made to move. Man was made in the image of God to be like him and to reflect his holiness. We are most free when we're holy. And how do we have the power to be holy? Because of his holiness, his faithfulness working in us. Now, when we work this backwards, we're gonna get exhausted really quick. Well, I gotta be good enough. God wants me to clean up. He wants me to get rid of my sin. He wants me to, da, da, da. I gotta quit smoking cigarettes, God. What do I gotta do? You know, here. And it's like, whoa, whoa, calm down. He's patient. He's gentle. He's loving. He's all-knowing. He's a counselor. He's a provider. But today, there's two types of prisons. There's two types of slave masters. There's two types of owners. There's Satan and there's God. Satan, his kingdom is wicked. He entices really quick. He starts real slow, but it, it, it ends bad. And his prison is awful. It's hard to get out of. In fact, there's only one master that can get us out. The one who's the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus, who has the keys, actually has the key who came down. You know how people say, well, all our gods the same, all our gods are the same. Last time I checked, the one who came down and hung on a cross and then lived a sinless life and didn't do anything wrong and that said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing and that anyone who comes to him, he will by no means cast them out. And that if I believe in him, not based upon one good thing I've done, but everything that he's done, I'm brand new. That seems a lot different than other gods. Seems a lot different. So all gods aren't the same. That's like saying, well, can't you just drive on any side of the road you want? 
No. So the prisoner of Christ, as Paul puts it in Philemon right out the gate, Paul, a, pi- a prisoner for Christ Jesus, to get the imagery that it's good to be in prison with Jesus. It's bad to be in prison with sin. And you might be here today and feel caught in two worlds. Well, am I in the prison of sin? Am I in the prison of Christ? And what is it? Man, the prison of sin is always trying to, trying to knock on our door. I was recording that video that we watched in Romans 16 this morning. And when I got on the YouTube page, the ad before the video was a bunch of bikini chicks that YouTube had there on the Christian Bible that I'm about to watch. I'm like, yo, Satan, you're such a liar. This is crazy. I'm like this. I'm just like, okay, because the ad's got it. And then here's the crazy kicker. It didn't even have the five-second skip thing. It was a 15-second ad, right? I'm like, dude. They weren't one pieces. One piece bikinis. They weren't. The enemy, he's been playing the thing of enticing for a really long time. You think he's pretty good at luring us astray? Yeah. All the way back in the garden. All the way back since the beginning. He knew how your parents, your grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, he knew what got them off. He knows exactly how to get us entangled in his web. How do we get free? Well, when we're vulnerable with God, but when we're free with each other. We have to know that when the Lord is correcting us, as Hebrews 12, 6 puts it this way, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. That when the Lord's correcting us, it's because he loves us. Are we going to let God do some work today? It's uncomfortable. There's probably tough conversations in the future. Absolutely. What do we do? I think we have to think of why is there, why is there patterns of sin in our life and then how do we get freedom from them? We have to go back to the beginning of our upbringing. There's a book, Emotionally Healthy Leader, and it talks about the family origin, how it impacts our life so much that we cast a shadow that we're not, we're not even sure of all the damage behind us. There's always a shadow. That there's blind spots in our life that we aren't aware of and we need others to point them out. And we don't need the people that just kind of like point one of these fingers. We need the people that recognize, hey, we're all broken. Let's help each other. And if someone doesn't struggle with a particular issue, amen, then you can offer freedom in that area. And there's a difference between confession and just acceptance. So confession is not, you don't want to be with somebody who's just constantly in the same boat. That's like the blind leading the blind, you know. We're, hey, we're bo- at least we're both going down together. No, no. I was grateful Crystal didn't just be like, man, high five. You did what when I was going? That's awesome. Let's go to the strip club. I'd be like, whoa, this is horrible. It's not a good marriage. It was not fun to have those conversations. It's led to even more conversations. It's led to more stuff. But I'm telling you, married 14 years, you're going to go through some stuff. But it goes back to even as I'm vulnerable with myself today, more and more on this journey. And and ultimately, hopefully, this means what is going on in your journey. But we have to go back to the stories in our life. And for a lot of us, that comes with abuse of what's happened to us how we've abused others, 
And then how we fed that abuse and even justified it. Two wrongs never make a right. I remember uh, being exposed to anger at a young age, seeing, seeing fights on a high level, traumatic situations. I went away to this retreat last year and they were praying over me and God's delivered me of so many different things. And I, just upbringing, I hadn't really thought about it. Different tension in the home or whatever. Hadn't, it was, it's awesome. Like God's done so much work in me. I didn't know he wanted to do even more work deep inner soul work. So I'm being prayed for. The, these guys are laying these hands on me and I'm, I'm on the floor and they're praying. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you want from God today? I say, I want the next level. What's the next level? I, I don't know. I just know I need more. I need his power, you know? And, and then they kept leaning in. What's the next level, Jerome? Uh, trust. Well, Trust that you've broken from others, that they've broken to you. Uh, I've broken people's trust, but I feel like it's been broken more to me. In that moment, it's how I felt. Feelings are reality. Doesn't make them right, necessarily. <laughs> but that was my feeling. And I love that God will meet me at my feelings. Because then the next question was, when do you believe trust was broken? And I instantly went back to when I was six years old, this traumatic situation. And I'm sitting there, and I just started bawling. I was like, dang. And for the honor of the, you know, all the people involved, it's not going to go into the specific of it. But my next question was, Jesus, where were you? And it was so still and slow. And I saw him just right next to me. Just right next to me. Now that was a radical place of pain. But then it became a whole new perspective that he was with me. And there was this insight See, I'm using those moments so that you can change and you can change the course of generations to come. If you're willing to let me do the work in this moment. Well, a logical question could be, well, why didn't God stop it if he was with you? One of the mysteries is this. We know that God cares because he didn't stop the suffering that he put on his own son as he hung on a cross. So you must have a higher perspective. He must have a purpose and there's a scripture about that. What the enemy is meant for evil, God turns for good. If it's not good, it's not over. If it's not good, it's not over yet. God is still at work. He does his best work through some of those places of pain. I remember being exposed to horrible sexual things, you know, young and different, just exposed to different things. Relationally, emotionally, uh, language, you know, when people swear around me and they hear I'm a pastor, they're always like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, bro, I grew up in a household where the F-bomb was like, duh, bro. <laughs> I don't think swearing is necessarily bad. It's how you use swearing. Right. You know, beep you is different than beep, man, this stinks. It's a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so context is king. For me, that was everything. I mean, swear, swear words were native for me. In fact, my coping technique was when... Stuff hits the fan, I elevate my energy. And Crystal's coping technique, when stuff hits the fan, she shuts down. You see how this is a gap? But as I've worked and seen, wow, there's beauty in how she responds. And she's seen, there's beauty in how he responds. And we've learned new fighting techniques to fight fair, if you will, and to fight holy. Because we're in this thing together. I remember one time telling somebody, confessing kind of, I said, hey, uh, one time I called my wife a female dog. And I'm not kidding you, which is the B word, okay? And uh, I'm not kidding you. 
their jaw dropped to the floor. They were like, really? I said, oh man, my bad. I didn't even tell you anything bad that we did yet. You know, I didn't tell you anything bad about me. I'm sorry. The temptation when we confess somebody, something, here's, here's the temptation. Based upon how they respond is how I want to respond. I don't care. It's like, if I need to get freedom, I'm going to tell somebody. You may think that's bad, but whatever. And I'm just grateful because in that moment that you tell somebody, in that moment that you send a text and you say, here's what I'm struggling with, here's what I'm dealing with, the enemy has no more power because when he has power, it's in darkness and he has no power when it's brought into the light. None. So we then have to say, am I willing to be vulnerable? I get it. It's hard. Who wants to be vulnerable? Because you're giving people the power to hurt you more, but you're also giving them the power to heal you. I was in a doctor's office with um, a family member, about 60 years old, and the old school mindset is just not one where you're open. You know, previous generations, you don't necessarily share your emotions, you don't talk about it so much so that you've even seen this play out in sports. People have had mental issues and they couldn't talk about it because they were made fun of in the locker room or whatever, and then now mental uh, different whether it's diseases or issues and conditions is now talked about and there's safety there and people are finding treatment and, and, and lives are being transformed from it just by talking through that. And even in the church, because we've not talked about things enough and this is supposed to be the place we talk about anything. I, okay, to give you a spectrum, I still believe this is a G-rated message. Someone's like, hey, I think we're getting deep at church. I don't know. Have you turned on and seen how bad Satan talks? I've seen his ads in between shows. You know? It's like, people are like, this movie's a good movie, you know? I'm like, bro, they look like they're killing everyone. This doesn't look like a good movie. It's like a horror film. Yeah, but it's fine. It's just a movie. I'm like, what? You know? And uh, Satan's ev- he, he's everywhere, but God is greater. So I'm in this doctor's office with this family person and I'm sitting there. They're lying to the doctor. (laughs) But they brought me there that I could translate and I looked over and I said, can I kind of share now? Yeah, what they really meant was this, this, this and they looked over at me and they go, yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, Think about that for a moment. We're lying to the doctor? Why are we lying to the doctor? They can help us. Why are we lying to God and why are we lying to his people? They can help us. Oh, we're afraid. I get it. I know. But let's move past that. The past isn't the past if it's still captivating us today. We got to deal with it. We got to get it out. We got to move past some of the abuse physically, emotionally, relationally. It might take a long time. But hopefully today is a, a marker on the journey to say, you can do it. God's with you. And it's not about letting everyone in, just let someone in. Love covers a multitude of sin. So what would be stopping us today? Number one, I think fear could stop us. I think shame, embarrassment. And it's important to note that there's a time and a place and there's tact. Maybe someone's heart's reading through the chest like, I need to confess something right now and you want to run up here and grab a mic. Like, this, that probably wouldn't be the time or the tact. Um, especially if someone's going to confess a murder or something. You know, like that wouldn't be the time or the tact. Uh, but 
But there needs to be a safe place for that because God can forgive serial killers. This is scandalous grace, y'all. Jesus said anybody can come to me. Anybody. Anybody. And as we enter past our comforts, then when we really sign up and say yes, the power of confession, it might look as simple as an SOS text to somebody. We're having a one-on-one conversation and they're praying for each other. And instantly when that happens, Satan's power is diffused. It's diffused. It's diffused. Have you heard of the term accountability? Now we think accountability is you'll chase me and you'll hold me accountable. But accountability means to give an account. If we want to be accountable, show up on the door and somebody's door. Here's what's going on. Why well, wanted you to chase me? Oh, you wanted like a, a, a bad parent, the parent that lets the kid rule everything. Is that what we want? Come on, like let's just grow up a little bit. We gotta move past this. There is a time where we chase people. We see that the father leaves the 99, the good shepherd, he leaves the 99 to go find the one when the one is lost and gone. But if you're in the family of Christ, that, there's different. That's called repentance. That's called confession. That means we don't want this to become a pattern even though it was a moment. And here's the cool part. God doesn't define our lowlights as the, how he sees us. He then transforms them just like he did with Peter. Peter denies Jesus three times in a pivotal season. Jesus is going to the cross. One of his ride or die teammates is saying, hey, I don't even know that man. I don't even know that man. I remember being in Bogota, Colombia. We're on a 10-day missions trip. I'm getting ready to rap on stage. All these different cool things are happening. I fall asleep. And this is, this is on the do not fly. This is on the do not fly Department of Defense website. Do not go to Bogota, Colombia. I wake up at 3. This is in 2007. 3 p.m. in the middle of the day. I walk downstairs. I look outside. And there is a bunch of people, I don't know if they're the army or whatever at the time. It turned out it was the ar- their, their army. Um, they all got guns and they got all of our people on the wall. And I walk, I, I, I see a poke outside. And uh, this one person on our team was like, yo, 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 you got to go out. You got to help us. I was like, no, it looks like they got everybody. They don't need me. <laughs> and I sat down and I started praying, my God, please, what's going on? They just want to check our IDs. Why are we there? And all that um, in a pretty aggressive way. In that moment, I was okay with just stepping back and saying, hey, I don't really know them. I, I, and that, for me, I, that felt like the wisest play. Because you already got everyone. I, I can help you now. I can get you out, you know. <laughs> I can save you. Peter denies Jesus. He dis- disassociates with him three times. But Jesus shows up right when he's going back to his old life. He's fishing. He shows up to him. And he reaffirms him. And he loves him. And he says, Peter... You're the rock. You're the rock. When Jesus shows up in the scene, he's not trying to pull stuff out of you so he can put it in front of your face all the time. He actually wants to pull it out of you so it can be burnt, it can go away. He wants to start putting new images in front of your face. Hey, you're the rock. Hey, you can do new things. You're new. You're brand new. Look, you got new movie. You got a new vision. You got new purpose. Doesn't mean what happened then. You can change the future. Today, I pray that we change the future. In the weeks ahead, we can look at uh, tools for this, whether it's uh, techniques to get out of the prison of sin. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, but one of which, we, th- there, there's this prison, and it doesn't look like bar cells, but it, it, this thing tries to rule us really quick, don't it? And God talks a lot about things that try to rule us as opposed to us ruling it. Social media, rule, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not, this is a great tool and technique, but uh, this is also death. It's, it's death. Death often, often, often. We're happy when we're connected because God made us for relationship. It's not good that man should be alone. And when we hurt each other, look, we're sinners. But we're sinners that are now transformed in the power of Christ so we can improve and say, I'm sorry, help me work on that. So let's not run from community. Let's run close. Let's not run from confession. Let's, let's begin that. People here might be carrying stuff that you've never told anybody. Again, tell someone. They say in the ARC uh, church planning process, when we were getting ready to plant this church, they, 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 they check everything. Because we, we wanted to do it with solid leaders. And with solid, I mean, I'm sure there's solid leaders, everywhere, but, but something that was way bigger than ourselves, that, that way they could say if we're fit for this or not. It wasn't just, hey, I had a dream and, you know, we started a church. It was like, no, it was a year and a half process. They check your finances. They, you meet with people and instantly, first conversation you're having, they're asking you deep questions about your marriage, ask you all this. And the temptation was to go like this because of the trust issues, right? Like, look, why are you asking all these questions? It felt as if we were on an operating table and everyone's examining us as if we're the alien species. But by the end of it, though, what happened is there's this phrase they talk about down there, coach me like a rookie. Coach me like a rookie. They said, hey, I heard a lot about the stuff you've done. You guys did big concerts. You guys saved people. I've heard you. there's been 20,000 people that have come to your shows, but I want to tell you this. The old techniques that you had for the old season won't work for the new seasons of you pastoring. I'm like, dang, that's good. I don't feel good right now, but that's good. And they said, I want to tell you something. I noticed you don't trust easy, but I think, I think you should. Uh, and I remember even first year of the church, someone came up to me in the hallway. They were like, I feel like you don't trust a lot of people. I was like, yeah, man, don't you know the code of the street? <laughs> Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Like, like what? What do you want from me? Right? You know, like, but over time, let's be honest, the vulnerability has got to be there more and more. Because I don't want to be, I, even if you have bad intentions, my goal isn't to be the pastor that discerns you. Like, I'm not trying to be a cop. Like, leave that for them. I, we're, we're trying to be a hospital. So who cares if someone's going to say something negative or has bad intentions for us? Last time I checked, I'm a slave. I'm a prisoner of Christ. Yeah. So my life's already been bought. Now I got to remind myself that. I got to hear that more. I got to be coached like a rookie as we all do. Wherever you're at on this cycle, think about it. Sin got really strong in our life from small decisions over a long period of time. It's not like people sign up and they wanted to be in prison or they wanted to be a serial. Like something happened over, something from childhood. I love the moment when I was uh, in the hallway with one of the Eastern, uh, Eastern, Eastern High School security guards. He says, when kids are fighting, he goes, I never look at them as the fight. I always first think what's going on at home. Because the fruit is a sign of the root. It's going to take some long, a long time to get, get the junk out of us. But God is patient. Don't beat yourself up. 
Let's move on, you know. And so as we close this, here's, here's where I want us to go is, it's Romans 12 too. We're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewal of our mind. That we're able to test and discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, that we can take every thought captive to Christ. Someone right now is trying to take us captive. Who's going down swinging? <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'm going down swinging. That's what I'm saying, Johnny. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, what? You're not trying to take me captive? But yet when sin knocks on our door, what are we like? Hey, let me entertain this thought. Be like, take it captive into the obedience of Christ. That type of aggressiveness. But we got to believe that it's possible. In 1 Corinthians 1, um, 1 Corinthians 10 shows us this, that no temptation has overtaken you that is common to man. You know, this whole idea like you won't understand. You won't understand what I've been through. Really? Well, I don't think anyone understands. It's all common. We've all, come on, we've all, it might not be the same, but it's common. But God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your own ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Wow. That means when, if the whole place was on fire, that exit sign, it's right there. Which, by the way, that's Kid City access only. You need a badge or, 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 badge or a, a child thing that, to go out that exit door. But if you could go out this exit door. <laughs> Shout out to the kids team getting them new signs up. Say, Pastor, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a little challenged by this. I've got some sin in my life. I want to get it out. Good news is God forgives instantly. He does. Make mistakes. Mistakes deserve a quick funeral and a slow reflection. Mistakes deserve a quick funeral and a slow reflection. So what mistakes you made? Cool. Quick funeral, but reflect. How did I get there? Man, what's really going on? Dang. Oh, this is deep. I need therapy. Yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Let's get healthy because Lansing doesn't just need fixed roads. We need fixed souls. Amen. So we're free to run. There's a, there's, we're free to escape. We're free to get out. We believe there's a good God who's leading us. And that changes. The, maybe you've saw this meme. It's been going around online that religion says, I've messed up. I can't call dad. But relationship says, I've messed up. I need to call dad. Relationship with Jesus says, I better call him now. And I better get his people in. And we're going to show a video. Stephen Furtick, he has this spoken word piece that my, my heart is that it, that it illustrates how this fleshes out. With the enemy talking to us, saying, go in this prison of cell, you know, this prison of sin. But then that God's saying, be free, be confident, and that the battle is real and we're changing even how we see our landscape. Everything now is not just avoid sin, but it's now we're free to run and we're free to do good. We're free to be the rock. We're free to walk in our identity. Check this video out. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. 
though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. I've got a promise. Turning back is not an option. There's a calling on my life, and I'm not about to drop it. I got this. For this I was chosen. The final word over me was spoken before I was born. I have a purpose that goes far beyond what I want, what I feel, what I see, and what they say cannot be. With God, all things are possible. And when my desire aligns with the divine, I am unstoppable. In this, I will be confident. Of course the climb is hard. I'm not surprised. The dream is difficult by design to make sure I rely on his might, not mine. His plan, not mine. His hand, not mine. My assignment was conceived in his heart, his mind. And the blessing ahead will always be greater than the battle behind. So this is not the time to compromise or entertain a thousand lies and a million reasons why I can't or it won't or it's not or I'll never. I've heard it before, so shut up, devil. God didn't say he'd make it easy. He said he'd make me better, make me strong and give me grace to carry on. No matter what the opposition, I only need one weapon. I have the faith to overcome. In this, I will be confident. I'm too close to quit. And the stakes are too great for me to hesitate. So whatever it costs, whatever it takes, I keep coming. I show up, take the shot with my hands shaking. The fear is real, but it won't break me. God will not fail me, nor forsake me. I'll keep coming. I'll step to the battle like it's already won. Like I got the enemy on the run. I speak and believe like it's already done. In this, I will be confident. He made me a promise. He gave me a calling. I know that he's able to keep me from falling. I focus my hope. My excuses are gone. The moment to prove the power of God has come. He made me a promise. He gave me a calling. I know that he's able to keep me from falling. I focus my hope. The past is gone. The moment to prove the power of God has come. In this, I will be confident. The time is now. The odds are long. The haters are loud. The pressure is on. The devil, you messed with the wrong one. I got my sling. I got my stone. And in the name of my God, I will overcome. In this, I will be confident. Jesus is that amazing. He's so powerful that when we're walking in him, Satan does not have the final say. He might try to put ads before our videos, but God's providing a way out of everything. One of the quickest ways to healing, because the Son has set us free, but now we want to be healed, is to find someone and exercise the power of confession. Now practically, what an on-ramp could look like here at City Life for that, and I'm not gonna say today that we're gonna stand up and find a partner and you're gonna go confess your craziest sins, though that might happen at some point at some time in City Life's history, okay? But today, we'll say in our app, we have groups. There's still some available that you'd wanna get in a smaller setting with Jesus followers and grow together. Will it happen? All the healing happen overnight? Of course not. But God will do his best work as we're close, as we meet often, and we'll be more intimate with God and each other. And then a second way that you could connect is, is think of this week who 
you could, who could be that for you in your life? I have some key people that I can text. And the, just when I text them, there's power in it. I can say, you know, there's tension at home. I feel uh, that I'm dealing with anxiety. Wow. Like, I just text them and be like, brother, did it. And the power is in the, as soon as I send it. Not even in how they respond. It's, it's pretty neat. But the temptation is always be like, I don't want to bother them. A text. It doesn't bother somebody. A text. So it, it could might it, it may begin with a text for some of us, or a message. The City Life Facebook page. Look, uh, I just I want to confess this. Um, somebody in, in our life, in our sphere. First thing, maybe is there a friend? Think is there a family member I can get closer with? Is there someone at my job? Is there someone in this church? There's power. Power in the name of Jesus. Power. Power. There's power. We sing there's power in the name of Jesus just real gently um, behind me. And I want to ask you today, if you're here and you're saying, in some way today this message has hit me and I want prayer, would you just raise your hand? So that's you. Just keep your hand up. You're like, hey, I, I need prayer. One thing I love about the 1130 is the vulnerability. The 10, you know, you got people that get up a little bit early that have been church a long time. They don't need as much prayer. There's probably only half the room, but almost all the room's up this time. And uh, it doesn't mean you're better or less than if your hand's not up. It doesn't, no. But what, it, it's just, it's just a sign of surrendering and that there's power in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for every hand that's raised. I pray for every person today. God, I pray that you'll heal them where they hurt. I pray that they feel a holy high five from heaven. I pray that areas and issues that they've been dealing with since their childhood, that they don't even sure who to confess that today, a sign that God, I'm confessing to you, and that you'll show them on who they can walk this out with. God, it might not be everyone, but I pray today that it's someone. It's someone. God, that you'll break the chains, you'll break the lies, you'll break the addictions, you'll break the confusion. God, where there's hurt and there's pain, there will now be love and peace. You'll continue to do a great work in every hand that's lifted. In the name of Jesus. for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.